0: Hey everybody, hope you're all doing well. Thank you as always for listening to Talking That Trash and thank you as always for all the great feedback we got this week. Please keep it coming because we genuinely really, really appreciate it. The plan this week was to talk about Steve's basketball career, specifically his 3x3 basketball career. I don't know how familiar a lot of people are with FIBA 3x3 but it's a very cool sport and it's actually an Olympic sport for the first time in the 2021 Olympics that got postponed a year and Steve plays for Team Canada and they will be playing in the Olympic qualifier so it's pretty legitimate stuff but it makes more sense to do it next week because we might also have some relevant news updates regarding that and we might as well line that up with each other I don't want to make this too long this was genuinely a really really fun episode Steve and I shot the shit as per usual give our hot takes talk a lot about various things like what's the least douchey hand sign you can give in a picture especially as a You know, punk-ass white guy. What is the most frustrating sound of all time? Is it the sound of people chewing? I think so. See what Steve has to say. We also give our best bomb stories. I talked a little about some epic bombs I've had as a comedian last week, so we thought we'd both share it in basketball, outside of basketball, just bombing in life in general. And we had a lot of fun talking about all these things. I hope you guys enjoy As always, if you uh, follow uh, the page, you can see our social media handles. If you don't follow that, honestly, no worries. But if you would subscribe and share with your friends, that really is a huge help, and we really do appreciate it. So let's just get into it. That's all I wanted to say. Again, thank you guys as always for listening, and here we go. see pictures of guys in an, in no kind of ironic way trying to be cool in a picture and throwing up some kind of hand sign. I think it's fun to do in the right place like if you're doing it knowingly and ironically to kind of look like a douche and you throw up the the shocker and like stick your tongue out a little bit. I think that's funny. But I was wondering there's a gun pointed to your head and you have to in this picture put up a hand sign but you cannot smile. So nobody can know that this is ironic. You need to be judged by this hand sign you're doing, and people are going to be thinking like, oh, that's this guy. He's a guy who gives the shocker seriously <laughs> in photos with his family or something. I was wondering, what would that be for you?
1: I'm glad you asked this because...
0: You've been thinking about it a lot?
1: Well, no, because there, w- there was actually one thing um, when it comes to this that I always thought was funny, and it really irritated a lot of other people. Uh, when I was in junior high, I bought this Nirvana book that was a little bit out of the way, and it had all these different photos of the band from different hype sessions that they had, or like you know different magazines that weren't real mainstream. And I would go with this. I always loved in this one picture of Kurt Cobain. I was a, I was a big Kurt Cobain guy in uh, in junior high. He. Gave the finger, but it wasn't the finger, it wasn't the middle finger, it was the fourth finger. Okay, so if anyone tries to raise their fourth finger right now just by itself, it's not the easiest or most natural thing to do if you're used to raising the middle one. So he they were sitting on this like white backdrop and there was nothing going on, and he just raised that finger. I don't know why it irritated so many people when I would show it to them. They would be like, why is he doing that? Doesn't he know it's the other finger? That's stupid. And it's like, I think this is kind of the point is he was just trying to bug people. Yeah. I would heavily consider doing that because I know the first question would be is why are you doing that? I I wouldn't say that. that like it sums me up, but it would be enough of something to say, bother someone that the picture all of a sudden instead of becomes like, oh, that's a really sweet generic peace sign you got going there pal
0: yeah yeah i can can respect that yeah i I always thought it was funny in a really strange way i was genuinely worried you were going to say middle finger and definitely not oh god i don't know that that's always bothered me so much which is
1: also kind of like the play on it is like there's always guys that do the i'm just gonna like randomly give a middle finger in like what otherwise would be a pretty tame like like tame picture
0: yeah, like, just chill out, man. We get it. Yeah, like... F- yeah, you're a badass, oh.
1: I know. You You drove your mom's car to wherever you are, and yeah. you're, you're just breaking all the rules. We get
0: it. It's amazing how many 16-year-old suburban white kids are flipping off the camera... While they're in their mom's basement, like yeah, you're you're, you're really hard, man. I would not yeah. want to mess with that 145 pound frame. You're a badass, and your sweet little tank wife beater. That's good. I respect it because it's, it, it, it's it's ironic. Without without getting the smile, I think that shows like you're in on a little joke. You know this is kind of dumb. You're playing up the irony. I respect that because I I would, I I would. What's that?
1: I was gonna ask you what yours was. I would add one more thing. If I if there was someone else in the picture with me, I would do the Scott Hall like point where he puts like one one arm over the head and the other hand's just hanging down and he kind of randomly points at whoever's next to him. I always thought that was obnoxious and funny
0: when he would do it. The the thing that's so tough, because that's great is the no smile changed it. If you can make a goofy face, it's like, oh, that's funny. He, he liked NWO, and he knows it's kind of funny. But if you're just doing that stone face, this guy's like, oh, Steve for sure listens to Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think, I think yeah. the no smile is what makes this really hard, because mine at first would be the peace sign, yeah. not the sideways peace sign, and I cannot stress that enough. When you take the two fingers, kind of like 70s hippie stuff, yeah, Jenny
1: when she's driving away in the bus and exactly. Scump is watching
0: her. Or like know. late 60s, rather. Yeah. Um, that kind of hippie peace sign. I think that, because I'm like, it's a good message. A lot of uh, heroes of mine musically have done that sort of thing. The Beatles, the Who. I had this great Who shirt where it was just the peace sign. You remember that? And there was like yeah, the it was British flag. Really that was a great yeah, shirt. Cool. Um, But it's so cliche. The thing is, I just feel hand signs, especially when you do the peace sign and you just shift it 90 degrees you look like such a douchebag i'd honestly probably just go completely undersell the situation i'd probably just give a thumbs up because i think if you look i look bored naturally stone faced. if i give a thumbs up i people it kind of suggests like this is awesome exciting people know like yeah he doesn't want to be doing this he's not happy to be here i think i go basic and go thumbs up
1: i do the thumbs up if he wasn't trying to be like you said like a little bit ironic
0: yours is great We'll I like the you. Kurt
1: thing, and that would be like literally the only time that it would ever make sense to drag that out. Because I don't think when we take our Christmas family picture, I'm going to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, I'm just I just flip off the camera. I think the original because was Johnny Cash the first flip off the camera? He might. I I mean maybe like. This
1: would probably be something you'd have to go and check, but yeah. I'm sure definitely one, one of the guys before. who was like a mainstreamer or like a, an actual person that people liked
0: because that's a cool picture when he he's got that pissed off look and he's got his guitar and it's he's kind of leaning picture. and he's flipping off. That's sweet, but like I said, when it's just some little wiener from Sherwood Park and frosted tips with all his boys <laughs> flipping off, yeah, while they're drinking their mom's coconies or something. Like, you get guys bent. in
1: Sherwood Park still have frosted
0: tips. I guarantee guys in Sherwood Park. Hey, this is
1: 1998. Tips. This is That's 100% confirmed.
0: Yeah, I don't know what it is for a industrial suburb, why kids from Sherwood Park always look like they just got off hanging ten on Huntington Beach with their frosted <laughs> tips and the puka shell necklaces and their tank tops. Sherwood Park kids, like I mean, as a as a guy in his 30s now, I probably shouldn't be saying this. As I'm not a kid anymore, but I I, I still feel that sense. I want to say Sherwood Park kids suck. What a bunch of wieners. There you go. Um,
1: I would say uh, the thumbs up is a good one. What do you think about the like Andy Kaufman hands straight down by your sides with like really wide eyes? I have found in the past when like you're struggling to take a picture and you feel uncomfortable and you don't want to do like a dumb hand sign, a great way to get someone going, like, what are you doing in this picture, is to have your eyes bugging out of your head.
0: Yeah, that's, I agree. It
1: really makes people uncomfortable, and it kind of is a little bit funny. When you see when it's done unintentionally, it's really funny. If someone takes a picture, and their <laughs> eyes are bugging out of their head, that's funny. Same like if a guy takes a picture, and his mouth's just open, and that's supposed to be a smile.
0: Oh, I love the Those are open great. mouth smile. Those yeah, are great. You're, you're right about if it's... If it's not intentional, I think it's funny because then when it is intentional with the wide eyes, it just kind of becomes that I'm trying to be funny here and I'm trying to look like Andy Kaufman. So I don't know how natural it is, but when someone's actually just super awkward, eyes bucking out of their head, that's a great picture. And yeah, I love the open mouth smile where a lot of guys will do this. It's time to take a picture. And the normal smile, which I think smiling for pictures is very unnatural and kind of dumb. You're just baring your teeth and that's supposed to be like, a sign of happiness and, like, contentment. Um, But some guys, they just open their mouth slightly, don't even smile. They just open their mouth, and that's their smile. You look like an idiot. Like, get in the mirror, and let's get some reps in to make this a little bit more of an acceptable photo op.
1: I... I, I love the guys that, like, when they, when someone says smile and their mouth just opens. I love that. I know a it lot of really, guys who do that. It really, really cracks me up.
0: I, I never tell them because I'm not comfortable. I don't with the want people them to stop. I know. I know. I, the last thing I need is to, and so many teachers do it. Yeah, like, if you're correct. going into, like, a a, a a school to play some ball or something and you stop and you look at the teachers you know on the staff wall and year after year it's like, this guy hasn't shown teeth but his mouth is open. The greatest open mouth Attempted a smile and it was done by two people,
1: is the back page of a book done on Bill Clinton where there's a picture of Clinton and I'm very sure the author of the book. And it's such an uncomfortable picture where they're both looking at the camera and their mouths are open in a very strange way, but it's not smiling.
0: We're gonna find so
1: that's gonna be the picture that we say. Uh, our new pod is up because I'll have to go through the phone and find it it's from a year or two ago
0: it's wild
1: it's such a good picture it's so strange that whatever the ones that were left off that's the one that they
0: picked well it reminds me of the uh the Mr. Burns movie where he's getting dragged around on the horse and however many takes it's like that like it's some obnoxious number 48 takes 48 48 and ta- that was the best exa- one that's yeah. what i thought of when i saw it cuz who at that what publisher was like, you know what? That's the one. Let's put that on this New York Times Mr. Bestseller. President,
1: does this one work for you? Yeah, yeah.
0: just these oh. two ugly guys opening their mouths. Like I said, I think smiling's weird enough because you don't get it in the eyes. It's clearly not a real smile. You're just baring your teeth like a lunatic. But at least it's the, it's, it's essentially the essence of a smile. That's all a smile is, is. You're showing teeth and your mouth is curved. These guys just open their mouths and we're supposed to be like, yeah, I do want to read a book by this freak
1: it's a great picture.
0: That's a good call. That'll definitely be the post this week to signify the pot is up tomorrow. And if you guys, uh, I, I think if you guys have any evidence of someone you know, if you know what we're talking about, send some pictures over. Let us see. Maybe next week we can kind of give a little hall of fame of some of the unsung heroes in the world yeah. <laughs> of Open Most House. Because there's a lot of them out there. And I think we need to put them on blast a little bit longer. Because if anything needs to change out of this you know, situation we're in in the world, maybe at the top of that list is... Guys with open mouth smiles. I
1: I disagree. I don't want that to change. Nah, yeah. I I I want guys who are doing this to keep doing it, stay great.
0: Have you ever been in a picture with a guy doing that? Yeah, it, it it's ruins, great. Yeah, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about this. I'm
1: I'm not huge on, like you said, like the real planned everybody smile one two three picture because the worst. it's just it feels uncomfortable and like then you see the picture and you're like I really felt. I tried my best, and I don't look good at all. So,
0: Do you ever feel like, because I think you and I are similar in the sense of, if if we have to be in a picture and we're smiling, we're kind of just curving our mouths and not showing teeth. But yeah. then there are those times where you're like, you know what? I'm going to go for it this time. And you go all out on a smile, and I'm so nervous. When I'm thinking, like, that, that'll that look good. That'll have made Kaylee happy because it was like a couple's photo. And I look back, and I'm like, this is why I don't. Smile, because yeah. I look like an I look idiot. I out of control. Yeah. yeah, I just I look like menacing. Like, why is this guy smiling? He's standing in a room and nothing is going on. What has led you to be so happy? I don't know. That stuff bothers me.
1: I try. I try harder now to make a decent attempt at smiling when taking pictures with the kids.
0: That makes sense. You don't want to look like just this miserable prick when you have your little kids in no, a family photo. No, and
1: and I don't like and also too like if we if, if you take pictures with, say like. Uh, Someone who came to watch, watch you at basketball or is a little basketball player that wants to take a picture with you. I'm not a huge fan of the guys that like mean mug it when they take a picture with a seven year old. Smile. Take Why it. Why not? Easy. Like, let's, let's have a nice picture.
0: Yeah, that, that that's kind of the adult equivalent of being the Sherwood Park kid flipping off the camera with his boys. Like, we get yeah, it. We get you're it, 45 you're and hard. you work in insurance, but you're hard.
1: You're hard, man. Smile for the kid. It's nice.
0: Last thing being said about the smiles, for me at least, is if you can combine, because I don't want to say his name because Kaylee would be pissed, but <laughs> there's a guy in the family who, uh, when he smiles, eyes out of his head and just grin Ear to ear, and it's horrifying. Yeah. And you, see, it's one of those things you like flipping. You're like, hey, here's our little uh, photo album from our trip to Hawaii. Like, oh, that's nice, nice picture of the beast, picture of the beach. Then you see the selfie of them, and he's like, ah, Jesus. But you, you, you kind of just like jump back a little bit. But they're staring at you while you're looking through. And you're like, oh, what a gorgeous couple and in your mind. You're like, Jesus, what a mutant. <laughs> yeah, it, it can be hit or miss. When when I see pic- people
1: that take like really nice pictures. Oh, that guy looks good. Yeah. That girl looks good, and it's not like totally made up.
0: Which is hard to find.
1: Sure, but if I see it, it's like, boy, that's that's a good problem to have.
0: Yeah, if there's like an organic picture that looks like just a happy family, and even if they are just put on the show and smiling, but they look good doing it, that's great. It's just it's now it's especially sore because everyone's a brand and everyone's constantly just posting a picture of themselves by themselves, standing on a street, laughing their asses off, and then writing this three-chapter book about you got to get outside and make the most of the day again it's like why are you just standing on a street laughing if i see that and i'm with kids i'm like hurry children this isn't safe
1: you know i i I, I wish i knew the the article or the study to cite on this but i always wondered like man that has to take time what do you You mean? well when like someone puts up a really like planned photo of themselves and has like a big kind of
0: edited yeah synopsis
1: on like what's going on and what you should do and what their advice is now go out there and do it and it's like that takes time yes if if you are going to try and spell words right which when you hop on instagram you see quite quickly a lot of people have thrown the towel in
0: on that the grammar is lacking
1: yeah but then the people that do there was something that came out I think it was an article in McLean's where they talked about like just how much time people who aspire to be influencers mm. spend on social media. It was more than I thought.
0: And I thought it was a lot. It's wild. It's double-digit hours. You know another crazy thing? Because I've been reading a lot about uh, the psychology of happiness and contentment. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think this is such a good time for everybody to do it. I've actually read this book. Here's a recommendation for everybody. It's called The How of Happiness. It's not a self-help book in that kind of like random guru wearing some like cloak on the front and like looks like a realtor with their hands up and has like pretty much the open mouth smile it's like Suzanne Shepard on the 10 key principles to be the happiest millionaire in the world it's not that it's an actual psychological study and it pretty much just gives you the science of happiness and then if you're so inclined kind of how to implement in your life but an interesting thing is uh they say if you take a picture just for the sake of taking a picture that in some way kind of can improve your happiness because maybe you'll look back on it and it'll be like, Oh, here's my memory of when I went disc golfing, which I've been doing like a mother. Uh, I went disc golfing and it's like, Oh yeah, that was that really, uh, fun night back then when I, when I took my dog, I went disc golf and that's a good memory. But if you take it with the intent of sharing it on social media, that actually scientifically lessens your happiness. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a safe bet if someone's out in a park by themselves getting their friend to take 45 pictures of them pretending they're laughing probably not for the memory it's probably for the poorly written three-pager have you ever seen
1: that happening while it's happening
0: yes i've spent time i spent a lot of time in l.a believe me the worst is when you're on the beach and there was these influencers that were it was just the most quintessential thing. They're they're going into the water and they just got some random schmuck there who's like doing all the really awkward angles, pretty much like lying on the ground trying to get all their angles and they're both wearing these like white outfits and when the camera's not rolling, they're just like freaking out. Oh, it's so so fucking cold. This sucks. This sucks. And then they like walk in the water, start screaming because they're in the water. And then they're like, are you shooting? Are you shooting? Starts taking pictures. They're hugging each other. They're laughing. Then they're like, did you get it? So they look at it like, no, do it again. Does it again. They're laughing. It's Life is great. They're talking about how you got to get outside and embrace living in the now. And then as soon as he's like, yeah, I got it. They're just booking it the fuck out of there. Hmm. Talking about how much that sucked and they got to go shower now. It's terrible.
1: Yeah, that kind of sucks the soul out of just about anything.
0: It was probably the most extreme, but I've honestly seen so much of it.
1: I saw a guy um, right by Garno Theater. He got a hot dog, and he was on the street, and I was at a red light, so I saw all this kind of develop. He walked out of that, like, what is it, that hot dog spot right next Up to Remedy? Dog. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and he was he like came out of the store, stopped, handed his phone to the gal, posed. So I kind of saw it, like, all develop. Like, the chains got moved all the way to the end zone for this guy. Yeah. And I was just kind of looking at it, and I'm like, man, this is really hurting. I gave him a huge honk (laughs) when I drove up to him. I just kind of like leaned the car to a bit and honked. And he did jump like an inch. So I felt like I really did something there.
0: I have no doubt that this is just your way of saying you took the wife out and got her to do this for you. And some guy honked at you and you're a little embarrassed. When everyone to realizes I'm a now.
1: sponsored ambassador for Updog, yeah. this is going <laughs> to totally backfire on me. Yeah. You
0: see it a lot, man, especially in L.A. And it's really depressing. Uh, it's not really depressing. It's more just like the cynical side of me comes out. I'm like, what a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. And then my next hour is ruined. Um we kind we kind of got a little off track there considering No that's all good. No, I am glad we we put the open mouth smilers and the uh the I want the influencers uh, to, on blast to
1: keep it completely authentic. Open mouth smilers don't change.
0: Okay. And you know what? Yeah. Don't change. I don't want to do what I said last week. I kind of feel inclined to uh, disagree with you because I need to disagree with you. But you're right. The world is going to be a much emptier place if I can't look to a specific couple guys I know. If I'm in a down mood, I'm like, well, I can look at this guy's horrendous smile and feel a little bit better about myself. Do you want to get into hot takes? Let's do it. All right, My hot take, I'm going to start because I think yours is going to be a little more thought-provoking. I mean this. And I think you know that I mean this. My hot take is that in the world there is not... The most disgusting sound known to man is the sound of chewing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's bad.
0: Give me one more disgust. And like the obvious one will be like, what about someone shitting? Like, (laughs) well, no, because that's expected to be gross, whereas like chewing is like. Pretty much the act of staying alive. It, it's not supposed to be disgusting. Or it's like that's that's what that's what goes on in the bathroom. It's all disgusting. Chewing isn't like food isn't supposed to be disgusting. It's supposed to be enjoying. But listening to someone smash their food and while they're doing it, like maybe they just walked upstairs and they need to hit the treadmill a little bit and they got that like thing going. I get so angry, and I always have since I was a little kid. Like I'd be eating cereal with one of you guys, one of our brothers, and someone probably wasn't even chewing that loud or I was chewing just as loud and they're just going to work on some mini weeds, and I'd have to like slam my bowl down and be like, what the hell is wrong with you? And I still, I've like trained myself to pretty much not even taste food anymore because I would rather just like, let it just like melt in my mouth and swallow it quietly, which I've also taught myself how to do. It's called misophonia, apparently. That is the thing. It is selective sound sensitivity syndrome.
1: And that's what you suffer from I suffer I you have suffer- the affliction
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's terrible I, I I sometimes feel guilty but I'll be eating a good meal but there's no music playing music is so essential now dinner music or a, po- a podcast has to be on if the TV's not on so you just don't have to listen to whoever's eating I, I won't i I refuse to do it a, a nice meal will be ruined if I have to listen to people chewing and they used to say well, interesting thing is they there used to be studies about it saying if you if you struggle with this affliction like I do, you might be a genius. I'm going to hold on to that because that's changed since they've said, and I guess there are actual studies. If you you have that, you're probably a more creative person, but I'm going to stick with the genius. I am a genius, and people that chew loudly are disgusting.
1: I was waiting for you to say that study back then suggested that people with this issue... We're geniuses. I was waiting for you to say they actually changed that. To people who struggle with this
0: issue, are idiots or something. <laughs> Absolutely like that. So they went, not. They like,
1: went the complete opposite way.
0: Absolutely not. We um, have we we yeah. have taken the red pill in life.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean because when they, when we were growing up, and someone would sit down and like go too hard on a on a bowl of cereal, I, I'm pretty sure I would say at some point, like, please stop it. Like, are you okay? Yeah, you're gonna yeah. make it through. So, I, I get what you're saying. I don't want to take this pod in like a really disgusting direction. But I would rather sit with someone's mouth right up to my ear and listen to them chew for an hour than be in some random airport where you're fatigued and you're dehydrated and you're hungry and who knows what else and have one of these guys <laughs> rip in the bathroom, run into the stall, slam the door shut, barely get the seat down and like just <laughs> light the place up. Like I'm
0: sorry, man. I totally disagree.
1: I don't know. Like this is one of those things where I've heard that so many times, and it never stops. Like completely disgusting me. It makes me laugh. That's the difference. Because who knows if the guy was going to make it? When how many air, with how many airports yeah. there are in the world? How many dudes have not made that sprint? Because I'm telling you. Oh, I we, know
0: one very close, and I'm not going to name him. And so do you. Trust me. Okay, we're going to have to talk about that later. Um, and he's listening right now. You can figure it out. It's not me. No, oh, don't okay. say his name, gonna but say. he's listening. And, uh, oh, okay,
1: that was kind of insinuating it was me.
0: No, I mean, I'm sure you've been the guy rifling in there to boot down the door.
1: Hey, man, I was in China last two years ago and had some serious things to attend to, and I was so <laughs> ina- so enveloped in all of it that I left my wallet in the stall. Like, it was just...
0: You were in the moment. You're experiencing flow in there. It
1: was a moment that lasted forever. So it, it was, but here's the thing: we were in like 40 airports last year, and that probably happened like in 10 of them. Yeah, that's 25 percent. If we're going off of this, so like, yeah. I understand. Hey, traveling's tough. <laughs> blah blah blah, but there are some things that go on with sound effects in the bath in airport bathrooms where you're like, holy smokes, man. Like, do the flush and then do yeah. it where no one's... But a little like,
0: courtesy flush would be all right.
1: I've heard some things that I wish I've never... I wish <laughs> no I'd never man. heard. No,
0: yeah, waking up in a cold sweat, screaming in the middle oh, of the man. night. I, I totally hear you, and I honestly 100% disagree with you because at least because of this, I can laugh. And I've been there, too, not as much as you, but <laughs> I think it's hilarious if I'm in a restaurant and you know the guy is talking to his date, and he's like, oh, I'm just going to go up, freshen up real quick, and then sprints to the bathroom and is jump kicking down the door to try and do it as fast as possible, and it's just so loud. I laugh about that. I have never been around someone who is just chomping their food like a Neanderthal, and then just been like, this is hilarious. I gotta tell some of the friends. I'm more just like, I think less of you as a person now. Wow. If, if you chew loud, breathe while you're doing it, and even one time, there's one bite, one chew with your mouth open, I like you less. That's my hot take. I'm a lot
1: of people asking you to go grab something to eat after this. After I'm a blast at parties,
0: just so you know. Yeah, you
1: are a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on that.
0: Well, we're all entitled to be wrong, and uh, yeah, Exhibit A is. I I, I
1: I get that. Like listening to someone chew like that is like waterboarding for you, but it really is for me. There, I'll be able to laugh at it, but in the in the moment, in the moment that it happens, if I'm brushing my teeth and God knows where in Terminal C. And some dude like pushes me out of the way because if he doesn't, he's not going to make it. Yeah. Okay. The alternative is he doesn't make it, and this is a totally different story. But it's tough. Like you, like that. You you feel like you're like sitting in the stall with those guys when they're doing what doing that, and it it, man.
0: The fact you can laugh about is the game changer. I agree, but you're right. It is waterboarding. Like if I ever get involved in like some sort of Ozark thing, and I'm working for the Mexican cartel. And they need me to tell them something like, D- "Don't torture me. Just like have just some m- guy chew it. next to me, and I'll tell you everything."
1: That's fair. Put me in the like Denver airport. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lock you in the Denver. Yeah, Air- there's no way out, but an and unlimited fl- line coming in. The flight all from the guys Phoenix that just, just ate- get uh,
1: got in, and they all had Popeyes right. Yeah, I was gonna before. say yeah.
0: all the guys who just ate Panda Express before getting on their flight. You get know. to come in and you don't get to leave. Yeah.
1: Well, we got to get to our gate. I you know, probably make a stop at uh, bathroom real quick. You know how it is. <laughs> and <then> there's seven <laughs> yeah. people
0: doing that, and you're like, "Oh
1: man, this is murder."
0: That's my hot take, and I'm happy with it. All right, that's fair. What's yours?
1: Um, so yesterday was kind of a was a big day. Uh, I had a, a little sit down with someone, and um, I got there after they had already arrived, and we we met at uh, Certo. Is that what it's called? Coffee shop. C e r t o. We're gonna go. We're gonna go. We're gonna go with Serto. Um and they had already ordered, which was really kind. <laughs> and um, I'm not a coffee drinker. I don't drink coffee. I've made it to this point. I tried coffee one time. I think when I was probably like 11, after church, because you would go into the basement and they would have cookies and coffee, and the yeah. whole place would reek like coffee, and you'd see like adults, like you know in a church, worship of false idols being a sin, <laughs> and everyone's like sprinting down there to get as much coffee as possible because they clearly are like just trying to make it through. Um, I tried it once. It was so gross that I was just kind of, like, I don't like coffee. And at this point, like I, I haven't needed it for, you know, the the wake me up or like the, the caffeine or, or any of those sorts of things. So I'm kind of like, I, I don't know if I'm really going to add it. Last summer I tried um, an espresso
0: in Ljubljana, Slovenia. Did you say espresso or espresso? Espresso. What is, is it? What is it? It's esp- isn't it espresso? Didn't I say that? They said espresso. I thought, I thought I said espresso. Yeah, keep going. I'm sorry.
1: I said espresso. Pretty
0: sure I said espresso. <laughs> All right. Who cares? A little asterisk there, but please. I had an
1: espresso,
0: yeah, and <laughs> um,
1: because everyone was drinking them over there, and it always makes like the most like mundane things look incredibly enjoyable where like guys are just sitting there talking about who knows what legs are crossed there's a little coffee miniature coffee cup and you're like that looks legit yeah. I'm gonna try that Yeah. and I had one and I was like I regret this so much because like the process was fun it was cool and then I took a sip and I was like I can't do this I just didn't drink it so yesterday um, who I met with ordered me a coffee I was kind of in one of those positions where it's like well I can't not drink the thing now and it was a decent-sized coffee. It was probably like 24 ounces. And I drank the whole thing. It was not easy. Really? Yeah. It was really difficult. So I'm 37 years old. I had my first full coffee yesterday. (laughs) I don't know what this is going to lead to later. I was so conscious of how bad my breath was after I had it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, I could just... Like it's all I could smell and taste was it like, like the Denver airport, man. Not that bad, but all of a sudden I was like, "Man, I'm just so conscientious of how I how I stink." Here's my hot take, and this is not even really one that I'm going to completely agree with. But like, you, I have multiple friends. I married a gal that if they don't get the coffee going, it's an entirely different day. Yeah, and it's probably no good for anyone. So here's my hot take: if you have committed at some point to the fact that coffee does not taste good. It just doesn't. I don't care what you say. I had, I had a coffee yesterday that was, I'm sure, fine in a lot of people's eyes, but it, I don't understand the fixation on something that doesn't taste good. Outside of that, it gives me the bump that I need. So here is the one, because I was only going to do this to probably irritate my wife. If you have a fixation on coffee, you're mentally weak
0: you know that mentally is mentally weak so <laughs> stupid cuz like right off the bat <laughs> i got to clear something it's a sign up. of weakness and just the most hater take it's not even a hot take it's a hate take
1: that is a hate take
0: <laughs> here's the thing you took your first two experiences with coffee yeah were done in the worst way an 11 year old kid at church you think they're serving some good brew there I would imagine those beans came straight from Colombia. Yeah, it's terrible coffee, I would imagine. You're 11. No 11-year-old should drink coffee. Then you go from not having coffee when you're 11 to having an espresso. Yeah, What are you doing? Like, obviously, that's like... You can't when you're like... I don't know. What would the equivalent of something like that be? Just saying, like, when I was 11, I heard some, like... I heard the, like the weirdest, most avant-garde song by the Beatles, and I was like, "Well, I don't know about this." Then I didn't listen to the Beatles ever again. And then when I came back, I listened to like "Honey Pie" off the White Album. Like, "Oh, Beatles suck!" Like, that's <laughs> stupid. That's pretty
1: good.
0: I'm pretty new to coffee. I'm a coffee drinker only as of the lockdown, mm-hmm. because Kaylee and I would be home together all the time and just something that became like a really nice morning little routine was we'd put on a pot of coffee and i had to gut it out i'm with you i i think there's a thing in our family amongst the 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 brothers where we had this like vendetta against coffee for some reason
1: yeah i thought i thought drinking coffee
0: was pretentious it was odd and it's it's dumb of me like i specifically i remember being in high school and the oc was a thing and all the time in the oc all anybody was doing was looking exhausted, like rubbing their eyes and it's like oh, i need to get a coffee before i do anything else today and that bothered me but then people started replicating that like 15 year olds talking about like i can't talk about it till i get my coffee and it's like shut up you're 15 you don't need coffee yeah. what are you talking about so just out of spite i wouldn't drink it and then i had like little experiences like one time i was doing comedy in denver and like an idiot i decided to drive then i drove back all in one sitting and i stayed at a, super eight or i just went into a super eight and had like three cups of super eight black coffee so, so good, i hear you man. You the get, good stuff yeah the, a good brew a good year i get it when you when you have the shitty stuff how can you get into coffee but it's like anything else it's like i'm gonna use the alberta equivalent it's like beer the first time you you, you, you skull a coldie you you know you're like can i have a sip of that and you're a little kid and you get a coconut, and you're like what the fuck is this how could anybody do that but then you, you gut it out God. You persevere. That's the thing. I'm going to kind of like, you're not drinking coffee as a sign of weakness. Because you have no stick to it, Yeah.
1: There's
0: no, there's no grit and stick to There's no grit. You're not willing to pay your dues. You just want the immediate results without, without putting in any time. I've had to work my ass off to get to this point where in the morning, the best part of the morning is the first cup of coffee. It's so nice. And I'm more of a tea guy. Because if I have two cups, I'm a lunatic. I've never done cocaine, but I would assume that's close. I am bouncing off the walls. Last week I had four cups of coffee in a day Good and I was certifiable. But I, your your hot take is wrong and <laughs> your it's a sign of your weakness.
1: Now see that's entirely false because <laughs> I have not have to literally get out of bed and like have a crutch to to be able to get through the rest of the day. Now <laughs> Yeah, like you, it's just there's everyone walking around with these invisible crutches. It's just in a cup with some green person on it. <laughs> um, I, I, will, I will throw this out there. One, the very first beer that I tried was a non-alcoholic beer that I took a sip of when one of our uncles left the room. And it was like mortifyingly gross. Totally. And, and I got back on the horse and now nice i'm proud i'm i'm proud of where i am
0: it's nice to know you have some guts that's right
1: so from from that perspective though i would say i don't think um any dependence on a substance that is sold on like every single corner it, it's actually kind of strange how many coffee places there are now
0: it's wild yeah And uh, there's something about it that's great though, because like I said, I'm more of a tea guy, and only like green tea and Earl Grey. But you can get the different kind of brands, but essentially you know what you're getting. Whereas with coffee, you get all the different blends, the different, uh, different like countries where the beans come from or whatever. And uh, it's interesting, man, because you're you're not you're not a purebred Albertan like I am. You're the one from Minnesota, but I think I think you're the biggest hoser of the litter because you're you're just Johnny. You know, craft beer is lame give me a keith's think i'm good pal i'll just drink a coors light kind of guy like we'll go to a brew the steve's the kind of guy that if you go to a brewery steve's pissed that they don't have bud light on the menu kind of thing and i'm getting some like weird cool like pineapple ipa and steve's rolling his eyes and then, <laughs> you know he might be on vacation and stuff and then it's like oh, i'm a little i'm a little uh, tired i think i'll get a coffee for the afternoon and then you'll just be rolling your eyes telling everybody how weak they are and then yeah. just go home and go to bed or something because that's what men do it's amazing how you just were able to ha-
1: put an entire run like that together of something of things that have never happened <laughs> once. <laughs> that's actually, that's impressive that you were able to keep that going. No, I have nothing <laughs> against craft beer. I I do have a, a strange. I have a curiosity of like why someone would want to drink beer that's like fruity pebbled flavored. That's odd. Or like I'm gonna have a donut beer. That's cool. weird. That I'm it's not fun. saying that it's bad. I've never tried it, so I can't weigh in on it. So that's my it's, point, man. It's
0: really odd. It's because we're going to cool breweries and Steve's instead going to Bonnie Dude bowling lanes to just drink some pilly by himself until
1: I will say this. The last time I went to the Bonnie Dude Bowling Lanes was to meet
0: you because you were already <laughs> there. Because I hey. think I think your picture's on the wall. So there's a time and place where you have to celebrate your heritage and go throw some rocks at five pin and have a cold pilly. Yeah. I will say the thing with the breweries and the beers is now what I like about craft beer is it's like just essentially thank you for finally trying because before it was you get Molson you get Coqueney or you get Coors Light or Bud Light or Budweiser yeah. and then when like Rickards White came out you come with a Rickard a pack of like an assorted pack of that was
1: big when that came out but
0: people sometimes were like okay hipster. <laughs> Take it easy. Whereas now it's just there's there's a ton of different breweries trying, and I and I appreciate that. Um, So, but I do think coffee and beer is a very similar thing. You just got You got to stick it out. You got to show a little bit of grit and a little bit of toughness, and uh, that's good. You you kind of got there with beer, but you got a long ways to go on the coffee, and it's uh, it's here's here's what I here's what I actually think.
1: I don't want the reason that I don't drink coffee. The real reason I don't is because I've made it to this point where I haven't become reliant on the caffeine stuff, and I, I feel good through the day. So I don't want to start a habit where now all of a sudden I need it because that to me it it's wouldn't be the end of the world. But if I've made it this far where like most of what I just drink through the day is water, yeah, uh, like what I have in the morning is I have like two cups of water before I eat anything. Um, And that's it. And I feel good. Like I don't feel like I drag through the day or my energy level goes down. Um, If I can keep that going, then I would prefer that as opposed to like having to have coffee every day. That being said, what I will give a try to is I am, after drinking the coffee yesterday, open to suggestion on trying some things because I would at least like to try it and then make my mind up from there on whether or not it's worth going after and drinking more. Because you're right. It's not a fair... Uh, sample size of spit out coffee as an eleven year old in church, um, a really really strong espresso in yeah. Slovenia, and an Americano yesterday.
0: So that's fair, man. Because I do feel a little off, a little sluggish. If I, I have a bit of a dependency already, and I'm a very new coffee drinker. But I would say if if you're if you're interested, maybe crush a latte, work your way up to a cappuccino. Those are pretty sure. good, and then you know have a i i just like coffee with a little bit of vanilla almond milk okay i ha- it doesn't help that i have a twirly mustache right now cuz even i had an out of body experience while saying that and i'm like oh god i've become the hipster i hate so much
1: yeah you're sitting right across from me
0: uh but uh, yeah okay so i agree with your actual point but your hot take i uh i will i will <laughs> fight you on the plan was this week the kind of headliner of the podcast, if you will, was going to be the equivalent of what we did last week, talked about my comedy stuff. And this week, we were going to talk about Steve's basketball career specifically as 3x3. But uh, we want to save that for next week, because there might be a a little bit more of a relevant reason to do it next week. And I know Steve's pissed. He's fighting me tooth and claw, because there's one thing Steve loves talking about. It's how sweet he is in 3x3. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But I did ask you a question last week about In basketball, because I shared my most drastic bombing experience in comedy, and the equivalent of bombing in basketball. Yeah, can you think of a few? Because I have some of my own basketball ones, and I have this other kind of funny um, acting-related thing, like share. But you know, you're you're a very accomplished basketball player with a great resume. But something I I appreciate about you, and I think I would like to think we both do a good job of, is we don't take ourselves too seriously. I, I can't stand, especially when. In, in anything, but we'll use basketball as the most obvious example of, of guys that just kind of pretend like, I don't mess up. That doesn't happen. I've never been dunked on. I've never been blocked that hard. And it's yeah. like, well, have you ever played then? Have you ever played at any real level? Because that shit happens.
1: Yeah, it's just kind of an occupational hazard. Yeah. like You're going to get dunked on. It's Yeah, I, I, I got dunked on in the IBL when I was playing for the Edmonton Chill. By a white guy, too. Oh, yeah, really bouncy white guy, and he just dunked all over me.
0: That's a tough one to recover from.
1: Yeah, but you know, at the same time, though, it was, it was at a stage in my life where I was just kind of like, like I said, it's an occupational hazard. Like if you're getting involved, Absolutely. things are just going to happen.
0: It's just not common. The white guy dunking on somebody's just that's kind of like spotting like a uh, like a white tiger or something. You just don't it's see it often.
1: It's not extraordinarily common, especially uh, fifteen years ago, ten years wow. ago. I mean, I.
0: What, that would have been
1: that would have been probably like 10 years. Yeah,
0: 15 is a little long.
1: So but again, it's just kind of one of those things where you you look at it and you say this is just what's going to happen when there's better players on the floor and you're involving yourself totally. more. What I've always hated is guys shying away from things because they don't want to uh they don't want to end up in something bad. Now, this is different now because I know with the era we live in, that if this happens anywhere someone's paying attention and it's bad, it's gonna like wind up on House of yes, Highlights or something go like viral that. And, and there's no way that people aren't aware of that stuff in their head when it's actually happening now.
0: Especially because like 13 year olds are doing like backflip dunks from the That's what I mean. Guys
1: it's are like insane. doing crazy stuff in like sophomore games. Yeah. And, you know, so like I get that like people are gonna be aware of this stuff. And it's impossible not to turn that, not to turn that switch off or, uh, when you're in a game now of, like, if you go up to contest a dunk or you get caught on the bad, bad end of an alley-oop, it's going to register in your head at some point of, like, oh, man, that could wind up on this. Yeah. For sure. Not a reason not to, to take yourself out of the play. No. But it is definitely something that was going to wind up on you. So that was, that's not a low point because I do I feel like the guy that bomb. Who would, it wasn't a bomb. It was just kind of... It, wasn't it was not like the, funny. It wasn't the best part of my
0: game. I was in the stands, and I laughed. Yeah, I remember that. So
1: <laughs> um, I do remember clearly in eighth grade getting an inbounds pass and, like, fighting for the inbounds <laughs> pass, like holding the guy off, arm bar, sealing hard. We were inbounding from half court. And I got that thing and just did not think at all of why all the other nine players were on one side of me And I just took off for the other end. Did you score? Oh, yeah. Wow. I did wonder, like, does that count for me as a personal basket at that age? Does that take two points away? I don't know. I can't remember what they did exactly, but how everyone in the gym, and it felt like it was probably like 10,000 people there, and I would imagine there was probably like 26. Yeah. Was this at a tournament? This was at DS McKenzie. Junior high school yeah. in, in Edmonton. Okay, okay, yeah, So yeah, the yeah. guy was kind of, like, guarding me at half court, so it, I couldn't just, like, get the ball and turn, which probably would have been, I don't know, maybe good, maybe bad. Who, who knows? But I, like, sealed this guy off, and the second I got it, without even thinking of, like, well, this guy's on the other side of me. That means he's probably protecting the basket that he's defending. I got the ball and just, like, went the other way. Yeah. And everyone in the stands is screaming, like, no, no, <laughs> like, don't do it. And I was, like, oh, everyone's wrong and i just just <laughs> don't s- get it scored and was humiliated and
0: yeah scoring on your own basket is like the preeminent elite player on the team that's a bomb
1: that's a bad bomb
0: that's pretty good i uh i got dunked on in college, we went down and played uh, an NAI team in Montana, and it was just one of those things where, like, a rebound's come to me. I'm like, all right, I got this rebound. Then I just felt this little body come over me, and all of a sudden, the next thing I know, there's just this little guy hanging over me. Hmm. And this guy who was maybe 5'8", like, on his tippy toes, just did a putback dunk on me so hard. And what f-
1: school did he play at?
0: I can't even remember. It was, it was a, They were a pretty good NAI team. We played three NAI teams, and it was the one we, um, I think we actually beat them. But no, no, we didn't. That's a lie. Uh, We definitely lost, and I got dunked on by a dwarf. Um, But it was that, that was, I feel like that was a bomb. When I was in grade nine playing for the team Edmonton, and I, I don't think I was particularly good at this age, but I was also the only guy from that team who made the senior team in high school, and I was at one of the better schools. And there was this one game where I don't know what the hell was going on because I wasn't even getting, like, crossed up or something. This guy was just, like, he he didn't know that in basketball yet when you catch you don't just start dribbling immediately. So he was just standing, like, 35 feet from the dribb- dribbling, and I just fell down for some reason. I just tripped, <laughs> fell down, and I did the whole, like, trying to maintain my balance. So it looked like he just shook me by standing there and everyone in the gym's freaking out. And I did not help myself because I was like, no, I just tripped. I start like yelling while the play's going on. (laughs) So I looked like an idiot. And then later in that game, as what I would consider a reasonably good shooter, I airballed a free throw. And that was, that was tough.
1: Airballing the free throws really difficult. Have you? Yes, I have. I was a ninth grader and I was invited to come practice with Ross Shep, which is where I wound up going to high school. And being pretty good while I was there. And I my first practice with them turned took a bit of a turn. It wasn't a good practice, so it wound up turning into like a running practice. And um, it was more running than I think a ninth grader was used to doing at the time. And it got into that area of if the, you got picked, you have to go to the free throw line and make a free throw to save the team and yourself from any more sprints. So I got picked. And I walked right up there, and I airballed that free throw. That was tough. Because, that's hard. Yeah, because as a ninth grader with a bunch of high school kids, you're dying to be accepted and dying to be taken seriously. And there is, like, nothing worse on the taking serious scale than dropping an airball.
0: Yeah, if you come in and, you, and, and you're, you're the shooter, because that's, that's what you Steve's uh, one of the all-time greats legitimately. Unbelievable shooter. And everybody's known that. So if that's what you're built as, yeah. and you come in and you and you airball a free throw, that's that's tough.
1: Honestly, the way I remember it, because I remember it very clearly, I was so tired from running trying to keep up with these guys. Cause yeah. like I wasn't I never have been, but in ninth grade I was so self conscious of my foot speed mm. and you're talking about tenth and eleventh and twelfth graders who are just there's a big difference between being and this is like master of the obvious type statement. Yeah. There's a big difference between a seventeen and eighteen year old and a like fourteen year old.
0: Absolutely. So like yeah.
1: there's guys that like you probably wound up when you were 18 being faster than mm-hmm. but are just well, so I don't much know about me, sh- but yeah. B- fair enough. But guys that just were just gonna be faster than you because they were just more physically developed. Yeah. And these sprints of trying to keep up with these yeah. guys was murder. Like, the stress of, like, what happens if I'm last on every sprint. Totally. And then also, too, being a junior higher and not understanding that, like, when things turn to a running practice, it doesn't just mean one sprint. Oh, yeah. So, you run as hard as you can your first sprint, and then it's like, oh, crap, we're going again. Yeah. And then you run a few more, and you're like, I was not prepared for this. And Oh, then it's all so sc-
0: scary when you're a teenager, too. Oh, yeah, man. Because yeah. you do it in college, and it's just like, all right, it goes with it. But you're like, I ran 10 sprints. What? Yeah. So then having to be called on to go up to the free throw line
1: and think, like, I got nothing left. That's tough. Like, my brain's mush. My legs are completely gone, and I got to make a free throw. How bad could it go? And then, like, it goes as badly as it could possibly go. Oh,
0: that's that's a a sad bomb. It's not even a bomb you laugh at. It's just a sad bomb.
1: Yeah, that sticks with me. I will say this, though. I have never, ever, ever, like, shortchanged working on my free throws since then. And like usually when I shoot my most free throws is when I figure out some sort of way to like push it to your most tired, most fatigued, and it's like, all right, I got to make 10 in a row.
0: Honestly, the best thing that probably happened to you was airballing that free throw in a lot of ways, legitimately, because that's how you learn things is from pretty epic failures a lot of the time, and then you either have the like, all right, well, fuck it, I'll just quit because that was embarrassing, I want that to happen again, or being like, all right, well, I'll tough it out and I'll get better at it. I
1: think, I mean, I don't think it's changed, but... The way I understand it, I'm still the NAU leader at all time in all-time in free-throw percentage. So it worked out in the end. Yeah, that but worked. I, I did, yeah, that was a huge flop.
0: I can't, I, the, can't yeah. I had a pretty pristine, immaculate basketball career without much bombing. I'm just kidding, of course, I bombed tons. But I'll give my last two good bombing stories that aren't comedy-related, and then uh, um, these will be my last two. Um, when I was in... I can't believe I remember it. I don't remember the exact circumstances because it was so long ago. I was either in second or third grade, but we did these things called Mad Minutes where it was like you'd get 30 questions of like multiplication Mm -hmm. questions and you have to answer it in a minute. But for some reason, there was some kind of confusion of like our teacher was saying the questions out loud or something and there were two, like half the class got this one, half the class got the other one. I got confused on which one I was doing. Mm -hmm. So six questions in, I got really confused and I just stopped filling them out And then I handed it in. You know, you and you're that little, everything's such a big deal. And I got it back. I had zero out of 30 and I spelled my name (laughs) wrong. (laughs) That was my introduction to a lifetime of bombing. And then in the adult equivalent of that, I'd say is I took, because I've been interested and done a lot of like, kind of like local film stuff since I was a little kid. And I took a film class in college and um, with our brother, Sam. And one of the, instructors she's involved with production stuff that happens in alberta and there's one movie getting filmed in edmonton so she asked me he's like hey do you want to come be an extra in this movie and i was really surprised at how well they paid and i like a bum of course i called my real summer job i was like yeah i can't make it today so i went and uh it was this movie called war reporter and they're filming at this studio on the south side of edmonton and just from the go it was a nightmare like i it was essentially uh, like supposed it, it looked like it sucked but it was just supposed to be, like, I was, like, an Israeli commando guy. But the clothes they had... Because I'm, I'm, like, pretty big. I'm a 6'5 guy. None of the clothes they had fit me. So I was wearing pretty much, like, man-prees. And, like, my uh, <laughs> jacket was, like, up to my elbow. And the boots didn't fit me. So I was just wearing street shoes. And... Uh, It was raining outside and they're just like if you go outside make sure to wipe off your feet because they they use one of like the ground was painted blue like the wall because it was all like green screen essentially yeah and they're like you can't bring in mud and i just completely forgot because i got away from everyone so i went outside just walked through mud come back in and the first shot that cut immediately because i just tracked mud through the whole thing So like immediately they're kind of pissed and I'm so self-conscious because I'm just there just because but you could tell the other extras were kind of like thespians like they really they know the art of acting and they all just thought I was a clown and then the next one they had me they wanted me to smoke a cigarette but I don't smoke so I was like well I'm not going to smoke it and like we'll just add it digitally. And so they just wanted me and, like, this other guy to just be, like, shooting the shit in the background. And then immediately, I didn't know how to hold it, so I just snapped the cigarette while they were recording. I, like, started looking. I was like, oh, I freaking broke it, eh? <laughs> and they were so pissed at me. And then the last thing we had to do was uh, they were teaching us how to, like, run like military people would. So they gave us, they were, like, um, they looked like real rifles. They obviously weren't, but they looked great, and they were heavy and um, one of the extras was just a lunatic. And he was talking about, he's, like, pretty much kind of saying, like, he was a Marine for, like, 20 years. Like, trust me, this is the proper form. And so they had everyone sprint one by one to, like, practice their form in front of everyone. And I took, like, two steps. And my feet <laughs> my foot just slipped out from under me. And I <laughs> fell on the rifle and broke it. <laughs> And then that was pretty much like you could tell everyone was like this guy is hopeless. So I got through the day, got my money, it was fine. And then sure enough, like a few years later, this guy was telling me how he works in film and he's an editor and we we're talking about a lot of movies get made. Here and I was like, oh yeah, I did this one. I was an extra on this piece of shit movie. It fucking sucked. And it turns out it was his movie. Oh, no. So <laughs> I just did like an eight year bomb with War Reporter, and uh, I think between my mad minute story willies last week I told about a comedy show getting shut down because the owner hate me so much and then being the worst extra in the history of an industry of bad actors I think I I'm well versed in the bomb
1: that's a pretty good story I've never heard that story before
0: it's uh it's 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 a doozy I'm actually not even at any point it was embarrassing as hell when you're falling and breaking artillery in front of people who actually have put a lot of time effort and thought and passion into this movie and i'm just dragging mud through and breaking their darts and their guns that was a little embarrassing but yeah, now now it's, it's a it's a treasured memory for sure do you have any last bombs to get out on
1: you know i i don't think so i'm sure i have a ton that i too just impressive i get it yeah i i just i can't think of any um, there w- here's a good bomb. This isn't me, but this was one that I thought was uh, what was fantastic. When I played at San Diego State, um, we were finishing a practice and it was like kind of like a hype finishing of the practice as it was like, you know, get everybody like riled up and it was also a, a tied to having to run sprints, but they kind of did the, the easy way out. So instead of having someone shoot a free throw or like make a three, they were just like, they were asking all the big guys on the team to dunk. Oh no. So it was easy. Like my roommate uh, Tremaine, who was like yeah, like super hype guy and like great energy and then also like a really great dunker. Easy dunk for him and then like he was like gassing somebody else up and they dunk and another guy dunked. And there was this one slap on the team that he wasn't really on our team, but he was transferring and going to be on our team at some point. And he was a big guy. And he was, like, extraordinarily out of shape. He was huge. He was, like, 6'10", but, like, fat, sloppy, no work ethic. Everyone was, like, there's no way this guy's going to help us (laughs) if he does get eligible. And he would, like, randomly be at practice, like, totally randomly. Like, one day he's there wearing practice gear and, like, demanding the ball, and then you don't see him for a week. It was just the oddest thing. So him being, like... Completely out of touch with reality. No one's asking this guy to dunk because they know he probably can't. And he was like getting all worked up, and he's like, "Yo, man, like let me go. We get, we not leaving until you, you get me out there." <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh no, like, <laughs>
0: like
1: don't worry about it, man. You had a good day of work, like yeah. you know, great job." And then oh, he was like, "No, coach, let me do it. I'm I got it. Let me be the last one." And Fish even could tell was like, "I don't know about this." So when he was just like, "Get it done." This guy missed three dunks in a row <laughs> and didn't even get the ball over the rim. Like, it was like jump and like shoving the ball into the bottom of the rim. Like, I could have done it when I was like 10. Oh, man. And he did it, was like from a standstill. So there's like no, no momentum. Okay. Okay. He was just like dead, you know, two foot right under the rim, straight jump. Yeah. Ball right in the bottom of the rim. Oh, that's First attempt when legs are like probably decent. Pride's totally hurt. Goes up again. Exact same result. Third time, I don't even think the ball got to the rim. Oh, this guy was a no. total slob. And then all of a sudden it was like all the air went out of the room. Any like excitement that was there was like, oh man, this sucks. I think oh. he's going to keep going. And then finally Fisher was like, that's enough. And like just <laughs> shut it down. And it was like, we should have ended when he fucking and like you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> the buzz is just killed buzz completely. was gone oh, it was funny
1: no. I'm so happy that it happened because I don't think anyone was laughing more than me when it was done wow but that was a huge bomb that's Total a great flop. bomb because the guy brought it on himself
0: it was really good I liked it that's uh, that's the best bomb to get out on what do you think Steve
1: yeah I think that's a good place to end it so um, next week we'll talk some 3x3 stuff with me Um, How I got involved in the sport, what it's like, what goes into it, uh, and what we're going to be trying to do going forward uh, to qualify for the now 2021 Olympics in Tokyo. Uh, We'll find some other stuff to talk about. Um, We're Alberta guys, and I think because of that, uh, it's no secret that uh, usually everyone's favorite wrestler, if you grew up in the 90s, was Bret Hart because the guy grew up in, uh, in Calgary. So... There was uh, there was something about Bret Hart's birthday last week and putting up his best matches, so I think we're gonna try and talk about that too. We'll celebrate the catalog. That's right. So, and we'll have some other things to get to as well. But uh, thanks for listening, Um, everybody. Stay safe this week, and uh, we'll see you guys next Wednesday.